Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampton, and my guest today is a retired Army veteran, and he's also the head of the Action Jackson Foundation, Mr. Anthony Jackson. Thank you for joining me, sir. Hey, good to have you, brother. Good for having me. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you. All the great things you're doing in the community, um, giving all your time and your, your efforts and your talents. I truly appreciate you carving up the time to do this for me. Hey, I appreciate you having me. I know we've been meaning to do this for a minute, man, but I'm glad I'm able to do it for you, brother. I appreciate yeah. you having me. Definitely. So I wanted to get started. Well, how did you get the motivation to start the foundation? Well, um, actually, you know, this was not in my plan to do, to be honest with you. So um, the reason why I started this foundation is um, once I got out of the military, you know, I moved back down to Florida from Maryland. I retired out of Maryland. Um, I went to my first VA appointment and my very first appointment at the VA, I met this individual who was uh, a homeless veteran. So I was talking with him outside the VA and we, we talked for a little while and I decided to take him to lunch and he allowed me to do that. So while talking with this, um, this veteran at lunch and he was telling me about some of the struggles that he went through with life outside of the military, you know, struggling to be a civilian. And um, during that time frame. um, it was kind of placed on my heart that, you know, that this individual served this country and right now he's homeless and he's going through some troubling times and things like that. So um, that kind of got the ball rolling. I talked to a, my cousin at the time and uh, we talked for a minute. And we said we was going to do something for for Christmas that year um, for the for veterans and homeless individuals. And from that point on, it, it kicked off. God placed it on my heart, brother. And it was just it went uh, full throttle from there. OK. Now, you yourself were actually homeless at one point. How were you able to get your life in order? Man, you know, as 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 men, sometimes we go through um, those spells where life puts you at a place where they have to, um, how do you say it? It pretty much give you a time where you need to refocus. So that was during, that was, that happened to me basically. What happened was um, I went through a bad divorce. Um, so things didn't work out between me and my ex-wife and, and things like that. So what happened was I didn't have a, any place to go. And, well, I'm not going to say I didn't have any place to go because, you know, there are there are avenues where individuals that's in the military can take to the point where they will help you out. But me being the person I am, my pride was there. I was in charge of a lot of individuals. As a matter of fact, I think I was in charge of like about 45 to 50 people at the time. So, you know, I basically didn't want to seem weak to my soldiers, to my leadership and things of that nature. So I kept it, I kept it quiet. So I lived in my Mustang. I had a two door Mustang and I lived in my Mustang for about six months, brother, while I was active duty and nobody minute, even knew about it. Wait a minute, hold on, hold on. So, you know what? Okay, cause we, we've talked about it, but mm-hmm. I, it, that part just totally went over my head. You were you were homeless while in, in the service? While serving? While, while in the service, brother. What I did was I lived in my Mustang. Everything, all the possessions that I had that I, that I could fit in my Mustang, uh, they was in my car. So I would go to the gym and um, take showers at the gym, and I would park my car in different parking lots and different places on base, and I would go to sleep. And that went on for about six months, man. So no one knew about it. Um, my car used to stay packed, but I put the dark tint on it. And I would always park my car away from my company. That way no one would see all the stuff that was in my car and like, you know, have raised suspicion. So I would always park my car way out. And uh, no one never knew about it, man. I was homeless for about six months while on active duty. 
what, wow, what, what was your rank at the time? I was a uh, I was a staff sergeant, E six. Wow. wow, I I am totally floored by that. All this time, because you know we talked about it, we never yeah. really went in. This is the first time we get an opportunity to go in depth, but I mm-hmm. never I never realized that it was while you were active duty. Yep, while I was active duty, man, like I still went to work. With a smile, I still continue to take care of my soldiers and things like that. No one never knew about anything, man. Just uh, I just didn't have nowhere to go. I didn't have the finances for it because, you know, at the time, you know, going through a divorce, you know, money's placed in different places. So I really didn't have the finances to go um, get something on my own at the time. So it was it was a rough time for me, brother. I had it, it took a while for me to get back on my feet. And as you can see, it took about six months of me living inside of my car get my life back in order for me to get uh, back on my feet. Man, how did, how did that, how did that affect your, like your, your mental health? Like, man, it, it was, you know what, to be honest with you, it was rough times because um, my son was, I just had a, a, a son at the time as well. So not being able to, you know, be there for my son or, or even have a place for me to go get my son and, you know, bring him into a, a stable environment. That was rough, man. But um, the only thing that got me through it, man, was my faith and also just going to work and taking care of my troops, man. That was when I, I'm one of those individuals where I took my, my oath seriously, man, because I, I have a firm believe in someone, someone, mother and father entrusted their kids in my, in my, in my care. And so my job was to make sure that if we deploy or if anything happens that, that their kids go, go home the same way they went into the military. So that was my driving force, just taking care of my troops and just uh, doing what I needed to do. So did, did anyone ever discover that you were homeless? Only only people knew that I was homeless was um, my my homeboy, Jason, man. God bless his soul. He passed well a couple of years ago, man. But Jason, man, he, um, he that was like my, that was my boy. We call each other cousins and stuff, but he was the only one that knew my situation. That was the only only person I, I I actually confided in and let him know what was going on. And so Jason, he it wasn't like he could do anything for me because he lived in the barracks. So there was some times where I would go to the barracks, I would sleep on his floor, make a pallet, sleep on his on that, that concrete floor in the barracks, man. But um, other than that, man, he the only one that knew that I was homeless. My mom didn't know anything about it until I started this foundation. I opened up to them and let them know what was going on, but they didn't even know. Man, that, that, that is unbelievable. Wow, now I could now it 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 definitely makes it more understandable why this foundation is so near and dear to you. Mm-hmm. Man. So while you were in, because you were um you if if I recall correctly, you saw like some combat time, correct? Oh absolutely, man. I deployed quite a few times. So what kind of what kind of toll did that take on you? Not only physically because you know it's longer hours, um, yeah. you know you got longer shifts, but mentally, what kind of toll did that take on you? I'm gonna tell you this: there is nothing in life, nothing in life that will prepare you to for some of the things that you will see while you're deployed. And you know, I, I give speeches and I talk to. Um, uh, different groups and things of that nature. And I would tell anybody, 
the average person who deploys will see more on a six month to a one year deployment than most people will see all year. So with me being in law enforcement, being a military police, um, so I was actually out there in the, in the thick of things, man. So some of the, our deployments were then where we was doing convoy security or where I was doing personal protection. So it was like we were definitely in the thick of things. So I've seen a lot of things, experienced a lot of things to the point where, like I said, there's nothing in life that will prepare you for that. But I will say I had some great mentors coming up in the military to the point where they grew me to the point where um, not to take, let everything take, excuse me, not to take everything personal and you can't save everybody and don't bring that stuff home because if you do it, it'll eat you up. So I start at a younger age, in my younger age while in the military, I start looking at things as though, you know, it's just a job. Um, don't take it personally. And just, like I said, don't bring it home because it will eat you up. But some things, you know, I've experienced some things, some loss of the soldiers, the loss of uh, friends and things like that, that kind of, that stuck with me and things. It was, it was kind of rough, you know, trying to get past it, but you know, it's, it's one step at a time. Were you, were you actually in a leadership role when you were in these combat zones? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, um, I've been in leadership probably since my, I made Sergeant in the military in two and a half years. So I was what they call a fast tracker. So I made Sergeant in two and a half years. I made staff Sergeant in four, uh, E7 and nine, E8 and 14. So I've always been in basically in leadership positions my whole career. So every time I was over there, I was in charge of somebody or anywhere I've been, I was in charge of somebody. And you were, you were in the military young. So how, how was it, you know, being, you know, you're in a hostile environment, you're in a combat zone, things are happening, everything's happening quick. And you, you still young yourself. How were you able to keep yourself professional, like being able to stay in that leadership role at such a young age? Man, I tell you, being in the military, man, it, it will humble you and it will also teach you how to grow. It will make you grow up fast, you know. Some of these, some positions in the military where um, they do have positions in the military where, where you may not see combat, you may not do anything that will be anything strenuous, but you do have those jobs where it's going to have you out and about, it's going to have you in the thick of things, it's going to have you um, basically in charge of someone else's lives and stuff like that. So um, in, in the Army, we have a thing called the NCO Creed, and the NCO Creed Real NCOs would tell you they live by that creed. And if you live by that creed, it would actually guide you through your day-to-day activities, your day-to-day struggles, your, your any type of um, encounters that you're going to have. You live by that creed and you take an oath. And um, so that, that motivates you. That motivates you to be the best possible person that you can be while serving in the military. And, and, and like I said, if it wasn't for the military, I don't know where I'd be at. I'm from a small town where it's right now, I think it's ranked the most, the 13th most, or seventh most deadliest city in the state of Florida. So um, it's either you go to jail, you have a house full of kids, you sell dope or you sell drugs, whatever the case may be, or a lot of people don't make it out. So if either you go to school or you go in the military. So I'm very thankful for the military. It, it blessed me to the point where it helped me being the man I am today. Now, in that, um, was that your, you know, growing up in that city, you said it was, um, it was dangerous. It was tough. Was was your was your initial plan to go into the military? 
No, man. My, I was um, I actually planned on going to college, man. I actually had some scholarships and things like that to go to school. But after when it was time for me to get um, it was time for me to graduate. Man, a light bulb went on. I was in ROTC while in high school as well, man. But uh, and so I picked up on that military side of the house. But I wanted to go to school and uh, play ball. But my mindset, I was young, I was immature. I wasn't ready for school at the time. So uh, um, what I did was I just went ahead and enlisted for the military. I had a couple, like I said, I had a couple of D1 scholarships available for me to play ball and stuff like that. But um, I just wasn't ready and I decided to go into the military. Wow. Do you ever look back with any regrets? Um, no, because I, I'm a firm believer that that everything happens for a reason, man. Man, God placed this 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 journey on me. And he, he everything that happened to me, the good and the bad, was all in his plan to make me the man I am today. So I don't look back at anything. You know, I've had a very successful successful career. I've traveled the world. I've seen a lot of things. I've done a lot of things. Um, I've done a lot than the most average, than the average person. So, but like I said, from the place where I'm from, it's very small. So, um, some people from my hometown, you know, they they when they they idea of going out of town, they may go to Orlando or they may go to Tampa, or whatever the case may be. I could sit there and say I've been to Amsterdam, I've been to Australia, and things like that. So, you know, it's, I've been very fortunate, and I don't have no regrets. That's good to know. I wanted to um, transition to something you 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 um you mentioned that you you divorced, so that means you actually single. <laughs> yep. We don't get a we don't get a chance. We don't we don't really get a we hear we you know when you're on social media you're on these different sites you get to hear mostly women's take on dates. But I want to get mm -hmm. your take as a as a man. What is your how would you explain dating today, bro? It's 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 rough out here when it comes down to dating from, from my point of view is rough. Um, yes, there, there are strength in numbers when, you know, women out, outnumber men and things of that nature, but it's, it's rough out here. You know, I've, I've actually tried to, uh, as a, as an older, as the older, as older I got, I'm 41 now. So the older I got, I start, you know, um, experiencing even more things when it comes down to dating. So for my age bracket, I tend to meet a lot of women who are um, divorced or recently divorced. So now they're basically, as they say, now living their best life or um, <laughs> emotionally, emotionally scarred to the point where, you know, they're not ready or they can't trust a man or, or they may, I have to suffer for the, the mistakes of the next person. And, and as a, as a black man who trying to, um, do what's right that's that's probably the most my most the most frustrating part about it is you know if you're trying to do what's right and you're always getting accused or or you're paying for the mistakes of the next man i'm not jimmy i'm not larry i'm not anybody else that whoever did the the issues to you so for me to have to sit there and um suffer from those things man it's, it's real frustrating it, it really is and not to mention all the games and stuff that's being played out there you know, uh, I understand that, that I know some men in the past, man, they probably have made it bad for, for, for guys these days now because some of the doggish ways, some of the stuff they've done in the past, man. But, man, some right now I see some of the females and, and they're, they're doing the same thing that these guys are doing. And I'm telling you, it, it's rough. Man, yeah. I mean, 
41, that's still pretty young. Um, you know, you you had a it's a it's a kind of that's an interesting age because you you're still young enough where you know you can kind of like you mentioned that you was divorced. You could kind of like live a longer second marriage, second life. Yeah. But and, and then you know, you know, you a successful man, handsome guy. So you could kind of like go older. You can kind of go younger. Is there is there a preference for you? Do you feel like it's easy to deal older, younger? You know what, brother? Be honest with you, man. If I used to back in the day, I used to sit there and say, "I'm dating only older women, only older women, older, older, older." But now I'm at a point now in my life where um, I'm all about compatibility. If we if we if we click, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not going to put age is only a number, and I'm not going to put a restriction because I, I meet this person. And because she's not a certain age, she got to be legal. Let me put that out there. She got to be legal. <laughs> but um, but if we click, that's what I'm looking for. So I don't care to the point where I meet somebody, I'm, I'm dating her for for the masses to like or whatever like that. I really could care less if if my family doesn't like her or my friends don't like her because at the same time, at the end of the day, they're going home to their spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever the case may be like that. And I'm sitting there still single because I'm too busy worried about, you know, um, what the next person thinks about who I'm dating. So I really don't have an age bracket. It's all about compatibility. Hmm. Do you feel do you feel you're more compatible with a certain or is it just like the behaviors that you that you exhibit? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, like, is it? I can't. I can't sit there and say I'm compatible with with either one because I actually, since I've been since I got out of the military, um, I tried to date older and younger, and hell, I'm still single. So, <laughs> so it's man. Most people think that um, you know, a lot of people judge a book by a cover when it comes down to me. You know, I ask people, "What do you think about me?" And a lot of people think I just got a a house full of women or I'm just in the club, I'm doing this and doing that because of my social media or whatever like that. But uh, when it comes down to it, man, I'm in my house every night and I sleep by myself, you know, and, you know, I, I tried to date and things like that, but, but um, I tried older, tried younger. And I think it's just the area that I'm in right now, man, is it, it's not a good place to date. Tampa is really a small area and everybody knows everybody. You know, I've, I've met probably maybe three people who I was interested in, but guess what? They already, um, since this area is so small, they've already been involved with somebody who I knew already. You know, I, I do believe in, you know, if, if you're a friend of mine, man, I'm, I'm not going to uh, date somebody who was, uh, who you've been involved with or nothing like that. So this area, Tampa is really small, man. And it's, it's rough on dating, to be honest with you. Well, you was here. You was here in DMV, like, yeah. and it's funny because I, I just, ironically, I just did a podcast with a with a classmate of mine. Y'all, we all in the same age group. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- how was it here? Like, I mean, because I mean, come on, let's be honest. It's, it's a lot of women in, in this area. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of women, bro. But I would tell you, my focus was not on dating when I was up there. When oh, I tell okay. you, I was when I tell you, I was a workaholic. I was a workaholic, man, because at the time I knew I was retiring. And uh, but at the same time, I had my own security business as well. So, man, when I tell you, when I got off work from the military, man, I was I was beating feet and I had um, I had 
probably 20, about 20 places on the contract, man, doing security. So I had everything from uh, TGI Fridays to Walgreens, CVS, and things of that nature, man. I had um, provided security for these individuals. So, man, I, and plus I had a lot of Latin clubs. I did a lot of work with Latin clubs. And uh, where I would provide a, a, uh, a armed police officer, whoever the case may be there for their security. So, man, running the business up there and, and then plus doing the military. I was in the military full time. It was um, it was rough, man. So I was there for five years. I was in the DMV for five years. And I would tell you in the five years, I never even went sightseeing. <laughs> so I really don't know. I was there in the DMV, but I wasn't there. So I never I don't know what the DMV have to offer or anything like that. And um, I didn't get involved with anybody when it comes down to relationship aspect because I knew I was leaving the area and I didn't want to get close to anybody knowing I was going to retire and move back to Florida. So well, why do you, focus, why do you? Why didn't you want to stay? You had it seemed like you had a nice, you know, you had you had a nice foundation set up with, with business and you yeah. had these contracts. Why didn't you want to stay? You know, um getting out the military, I only thing I knew of knew about was military. I was in the military for 20 years. So I'm just like, you know, I'm getting ready to make this this huge transition to leave the one job that I've had basically my whole entire adult life. So um I said, you know what? It'll probably be an easier transition if I go back into my comfort zone, which would be down south. So that was the reason why I said, you know what? When I retire from the military, Maryland is expensive, all this other good stuff. I can go back down south. The people, I can relate more to the people because I'm from the south, you know, go back to my element. Um, because being from the south and being in Maryland is two different things. You know, down south, we have that southern hospitality where we see somebody we speak and things like that. You know, being in a DMV, you can walk past somebody, they won't say nothing to you. They look you right in your face yeah. and won't say nothing. You know, and that traffic, man, that traffic will make you not want to do nothing, man. So, <laughs> so, man, that was my that was my mindset, man. Just to run back to Florida, get back in my element, and I I was like, everything is going to be peaches and cream, and oh, was I wrong? <laughs> See that, and that's the thing. Like, I like I know people transition out of the military, and you do want to get back to your country. But it just seemed like you had you had so much set up here. Yeah. But I guess if you're not happy, I mean, man, there's something to be said for when you're not happy or when you're hot and out of the place. You just don't want to be there. And this this no. is the area where you know I love it here because I'm from here, but. I, I get and why a, and, a, and to be honest, with you, I tried to date a little bit up there, and I just wasn't. I just, man, just the compatibility wasn't there from the people who, um, who I met. You know, it was the DMV area from what I gathered thus from when I was up there. It was a lot of people that was. Uh, it's a lot of people high. It's a lot of high class people up there, but there's a lot of people faking to be high class as well. So you have um, you have people who make it. That's the home of the six figure salary. But, you know, you're making one hundred thousand dollars and stuff like that a year. But you got a lot of people that have one hundred thousand dollars in student loans and things like that, too. So it's a lot of people who are it's it's more about from what I gather. It was a lot of uh, a lot of the um, materialistic stuff up there. You know, I, yeah. I share with you, man, I went on a date with uh, this, this this young lady when I was up there. And um, she, we met, we decided we was going to meet in D.C. And um, she decided, she picked the restaurant because I didn't know anything about it. It was close to her job. I said, well, I'll come down once I get off work. So I got there, man. The first thing that um, she was staying at the restaurant and she was telling me what to park. 
And this is our first time meeting because someone someone hooked us up. And uh, when I walked up to her, this is our first time meeting. There wasn't no hello, nothing like that. She told me, um, if hello, if we get serious, you got to trade your car because I don't like it. That was our first initial meeting. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness, because she had her big body beans and stuff like that. And I was dry. I wrote my challenge. I had to challenge it, man. So she told me I had to trade my car if if we got serious because she didn't like it. So well, that was a, know, she must didn't realize all military men drive dogs for whatever man. Who you, she, she must didn't know. <laughs> and the entire time it was like I'm sitting there, and she, the entire time at this restaurant, man, she was real rude to the waiter, but she was just giving me her bio the entire time. I did this. I'm the first to do this. I'm this. I'm this. I'm, and I had to stop. I said, "Well, congratulations, um, sweetie, on all your accomplishments, but what can we accomplish together?" And she had no conversation from there. And then she was just, all this stuff she told me, man, um, you know, her sister would never be able to go to the black tie parties and things of that nature because she married a cop. And I was like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> you, They must didn't tell you that I'm in law enforcement as well. So um, so th- that date didn't go well, man. We we went ahead to be parted ways. <laughs> so so it, was, it was a hot mess, man. Yeah, I, it, this um this area is like very competitive. Um, it, you do feel like like you, you watch the people. Like I personally don't, but it, it's like one big competition. Like you just constantly in a rat race. You constantly compete. Like this is a fast moving area. Like you said, mm-hmm. traffic. So if you kind of like if you kind of like personality wise, you kind of slow by nature, then it's not the best fit. But, you know, I've been all over the place, so I can adapt to any environment. And I'm going to backtrack a little bit. You And you asked me if I have any regrets. I, and I do have a regret for, in reference to not um, giving Maryland a chance, in reference to see exactly what the DMV has to offer. Because it's a, it's a lot of history there. It's a lot of cultures there. And it's a lot of things to do there. But I never got the opportunity to get up there and see exactly what Maryland, Virginia, D.C. had to offer. And I do regret doing that, being up there for five years. I never even got a chance to go see the MLK monument um, with all that other good stuff like that. So that's one thing I do regret, not getting out there and seeing exactly what that area has to offer. Well, I'll I'll make you feel a little better about the MLK. (laughs) I I went for the first time last year. And the only reason I went is my daughter had a field trip. That's It was the whole mall of D.C. So that was my first... I've been, dude, I've been here my whole life, basically. And that was my first time experiencing the mall. Wow. <laughs> well, I don't feel I'm 39. Bad, nah, you shouldn't feel bad. <laughs> and, and I think and I think what it is, like, because I'm from here, you just keep putting it off. Like, I'll go when I, you know, because yeah. it's here. So I'm like, I don't need to go today. Yeah. And that day turned to months. Those months turned into years. So. Okay. Oh, that's what's up. I'm trying to get back up there at least to come, you know, sightseeing, tap, get a, get me a little getaway, come up that way and just, you know, come up there and get some crabs, crabs, some crab cakes and stuff like that and, and um, just to relax. But I'm going to go make my way back up there. Yeah, I think it would be good for you to come back um, in a different – you would be in a different mindset because, you know, like you said, when you were here, you were a soldier, you were working, yeah. then you were trying to keep – you know, you had the business you was working on. So you you had a you had a lot going on. I think if you came back just to 
just to experience the area, just, you know, for your own personal pleasures, just to look around, take everything in. I think you would enjoy a little more that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you you know, you mentioned that you um, had the divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that was rough. Would you, but do you think you would ever get married again? Man, I would love to get married again, to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm, you know, I will say this, man. When I, when I redeployed my last time, man, it was like an eye-opening experience. So it, it gave me a different perspective on life to the point where, you know, life is too short, man. And and people are dropping like flies around here, man. So we all here on borrowed time. And um, one of my biggest fears is to grow old and be by myself. You know, um, um, I would you love know to just... I, 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 you know what's funny? I hate to cut you off, but yeah, that is the most fascinating statement to me what does that mean because i okay i remember i was having a conversation with with some family members and that was like the first thing they told me like no i don't want to grow old and i don't want to be alone now i guess i don't know if it's because i got married so young and i'm yeah. married because i got married at 23 and we, okay. we we've been married 16 years and i it's dead set in my heart and soul that if this don't work out, I would not get married again. I'm perfectly fine with <laughs> growing old alone. I, but I don't know if that's because I've been married so long. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably what, man. I'm telling you, it's it's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling to the point where you know, if you have functions and stuff like that, you and you you go to these things and and you don't have that significant other or or um. You just can't take somebody who you date into some of these things that's that's basically relationship material, um, events, things like that. So, um, and it's and just say for instance, if you're sick or something happens to you, it's mm-hmm. being in a hospital, whatever like that. You know, I, I got I got I got hurt, and I was in the hospital, and you know the thing about it is to look left and look right, and not have somebody there. You know, say if I was to pass away right now, or if I was to pass away while I was in that hospital bed, you know. I'm there by myself. I'm going through that by myself. I didn't have somebody to grab my hand and say, you know what, baby, it's going to be okay. I'm here for you. I got you and things like that. And um, I, I just don't, I fear just being, I don't want to be that old guy still in the club trying to find girls or doing this and doing that and stuff like that, man. I, I am, a, I'm a family man. I love family is everything to me. Family is, is everything to me to the point where I would rather, um, have family time than, than being out in the club or going to do whatever. I, I, I cherish that type of stuff, man. Let's go to Top Golf. Let's go to the zoo and things like that versus, you know, just being out in the streets doing that because it's nothing in the streets besides, yeah. you know, um, meaningless sex, to be honest with you, bro. That's, that's what it is. And then once you, you know, a lot of people out here, like I said before, living their best life and they're doing, having this relations with this person, that person and stuff like that. But when it's all said and done, you still by yourself. So once you get finished doing your grown-up activities, you still you look around. You got a house, or you get you you laying in the bed, you by yourself, and you know that it may be that may be the lifestyle for some other people, but you know for me, you know just to sit there and do that or whatever the case may be, uh, it, it it would got it would got old. It would it, it has gotten old to the point where you know I'm not a saint. And I'm not just this this uh, perfect Christian, whatever like that. You know, we all have flaws, and you know, I've I've had my spell when I ran the streets and do with doing things like that, man. But 
like I said, it, it got old to the point where, you know, hey, you want somebody, you want somebody to sit there and spend time with and just, you know, just just to have that that bond with somebody to sit there and say, hey, that's mine. Yeah. I think you know, you know what it is, just just listening to what you were just saying, your your rebuttal to what I just said. I think what has happened is I've had it for so long, sometimes yeah. I take it for granted. Yeah. So, a lot of people do that. I've seen that happen a lot, man. A lot of people have they take for granted what they have at home and you know, they sit there and you know, just like you were saying about being up in that area. You keep putting it off. I can do it later on. I can do it later on. They same thing happens in relationship from what I've seen, you know, over the years, man. A lot of people take that for granted. They don't know how good they have it until it's gone, man. Unless you and when you put in my shoes to the point where you single, you you constantly meeting people and you constantly having to go on these basically these interviews and stuff like that to see if you're compatible with the person. And but eighty percent of the time they send in their representative there to the uh on the date as well, you're not gonna get the real person till later on down the line, and then that's when you determine if you're compatible or not. Because you know everybody put their best foot forward when you first meet everybody. Yeah, so man, true. I tell people, man, if you married these days, stay married. If you have issues, make that stuff work because I'm telling you, it's hard out here. Oh look, let's be clear. Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> laughing, not going nowhere. Mr. Laughing, not going nowhere. Like that's what's I, up. I, I, I listen. I truly understand how blessed I am because my wife is the one that keeps me going like she challenges me like I think a lot of people don't realize how important that is like somebody that keeps pushing you like my wife is she's constantly making me elevate every day like she's she's it's it's funny we 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 talking about it now like um I have I had really bad issues with executive functioning skills, bad issues. Mm-hmm. And my wife, you know, because she sees me on a daily basis and she knows that that's one of the things that's holding me back to getting where I really want to go. Yeah. But rather than just sit back and let me continue to fail at it, she's constantly working with me, trying to help me. Now, again, I have to help myself, but it helps to have a woman who's strong and supportive and strong enough to tell you, like, look, you you need to get this together. Like, this is something you need to tackle. This is an issue you need to tackle. So that that aspect of just having somebody that's in your corner that loves you and supports you, and also can be like that, give you that tough love when you need it. Yeah, it's very important. And see, you just you just answered your own question, man. When you said about growing old by yourself, you're not gonna have that. You're not gonna have that with somebody who you just dating or somebody who you just have you just have an arrangement with and stuff like that. Those yeah. people are, are are just there for the for the moment. But to have somebody who have your back genuinely and genuinely have your back in your best interest, man, you, you you can't beat that. That's like the best feeling to sit there and say, you know, even in, even during my shortcomings, to sit there and have somebody to sit there and say, hey, you messed up here. Or you should have did this better, but guess what? We gonna get through this. We gonna work on this. Let's let's. How can we make this stuff better, man? That's that's the that's got to be an awesome feeling, man. And to be honest with you, I haven't experienced that, man. And I'm I crave that that type of relationship and and stuff like that, man. I, I really do. I envy I envy some of my people, like my best friend and 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 her husband, man. I envy their relationship, man. They if you see, man, I'm on Facebook. I'm always posting stuff with them because, man, they have that that 
ideal marriage, man. They do everything. They go to football games. They go to comedy shows. They they laugh. They joke. They do everything. They have their ups and downs, but at the same time, that's it's genuine love, man. And I, I envy that. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, it takes it takes time to get to that. Like me and my wife, we've been we've been married for sixteen years, mm-hmm. and I would say the first like the first seven or eight was just us. We loved each other, but we were, you know what? Not, let's not even say we, I, I was still immature. Like I knew yeah. how, like I, I knew, like I knew things that I should be doing as a husband, mm-hmm. but I had trouble executing on them. So it took me a while to get to the point I'm at now. Even now, like that's the thing about marriage. It's, it's work the whole marriage every day. Yeah. You have to work at it every day. You don't get no breaks from it. You have to do it every day. Yeah. But I've, as I've gotten older, I've realized the shortcomings that I've had, like just how you grow up, how you deal with things growing up, mm-hmm. and you bring those things into your relationship. But you have to, you have to actually sit down with yourself, look at yourself, and realize that you need to make some changes. How you, you know, how you normally go about doing business may not be the correct appropriate way to do business yep. so I had to learn how to communicate better with my wife and I'm just getting to that point where I'm getting better at it like it's amazing when you step back and you look at how you behave early in your marriage because I was I was young and I didn't really know what I was doing but now I'm getting older I'm reading a little more I'm getting mm-hmm. you know I'm humbling myself more listening more so it's making me a better husband that's the most and, important and that's, thing. And that's that's the, that's awesome, man. And you know what? Um you, you, you mentioned somebody, you know, it it took a while. I was the same it, I was the same way, man. I was young, immature. I was immature as an adult, man. You know, I was lost. And um be honest with you, man, I, I took I had to go I had some counseling sessions, you know, that really opened my eyes up to the point of, of life, man, to the point where you know, even though I was doing everything, I, I had everything I wanted. I was working. I was doing this. I was taking care of my troops and stuff. I was, I was, I was dead on the inside, basically mm-hmm. because I didn't know myself, and so I had a lot of hate, um, inner hate built up on the inside uh, of some stuff that happened with my family and stuff like that, man. And um, I, in the process, I, I actually I met some really good women over over my the course of my life, man, and I. And I and I'll be the first to sit there and say I was immature, I was dumb, and I took for granted. I, I've heard some very good women that was actually good for me because I didn't know how to love. I didn't even, I wasn't in love with myself. I didn't know how to love myself. So I couldn't even love them the way that they wanted me to love them because I was always under the impression that, you know, that she's out to screw me because of my previous, because of my divorce, I was out, you know, they was out to get me and things like that. So, man, I I messed over some some really good women, and um, that I didn't even know at the at the time that I messed over because, like I said, I was so blinded by by my own self to the point where I didn't know I I hurt them. And you know, being in that counseling session and stuff, it opened up my eyes to the point where, hey, you need to you need to let this stuff go, let go, and let God basically. And um, during that time frame, man, I, I I figured out some stuff about me. I figured out some, some of my shortcomings and started working on some things. And um, I went back to apologize to every woman who I thought I hurt 
you know, some was receptive to it, some wasn't. But at the same time, I just felt like I needed to go do that. And um, a lot of, and I would like to see a lot of more black men, a lot more black men open up to the point of saying, okay, well, I have a problem or going to, don't have a problem or going to talk to somebody, counseling and things like that. Because we, we as black men tend to think that we can fix everything. We can do, we, we got all the answers and we don't need anybody in our business and to tell us what we're doing right or wrong and stuff like that. But I, I would like to encourage a lot more black men to get out there and uh, to go get help, talk to somebody, do things like that, because it's having somebody um, open some things up to you, that, that, that'll take you a long way. It'll take you a very long way. I, I, for, I commend you for taking that step because it is a hard step to take. I think, I think one of the things that holds us back, one, is pride. Mm-hmm. And two, um, I don't know if it's, you know, because we, we, you know, we grow up in church so much, like we grow up in church and we try to pray everything away. Yeah. And it's like, you know, don't get me wrong. Prayer is very important, but, Absolutely. but we have to keep in mind that God put people here. He gave us resources to use these people here to help us get through these issues because, you know, as men, women, period. We got things that we have to deal with. And sometimes, man, it's just overwhelming. Like life can truly overwhelm you. I mean, you just said yourself, you had that you 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 had a good career, you had all these things, you were taking care of your soldier, and you still didn't love yourself. So yeah. there's gotta be something going on. But we, you know, but we got so much pride that it's hard to humble yourself and just say, you know what, I need help, something wrong. It's a yeah. hard, it's a hard thing to tell yourself. Yeah. And that's funny, man. You just say that about the prayer thing. Man, I just had an interesting conversation with um a couple of people about that as well. Um, I, I tell people all the time, man, you know, this when it gets down to religion, man, religion is, is about what's suitable for you, what's what's good for you, what's what's your right fit. And um and I was talking with I was talking with this individual. She was telling me she was having some issues with her relationship. And she was getting some counseling from the pastor's wife. And I was like, okay, I understand this is the pastor's wife. I understand this is the first lady of the church and things like that. But my question to her was, where is her credentials? Just because you're the first lady doesn't mean that, you know, she's giving you the right the right advice and things. And the stuff that she was telling me this pastor's wife was telling me, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's that's terrible. That is definitely the wrong way of doing things. And you, so you yeah. got to be careful when it comes down to things like that, who you get in your spiritual advice from, because a lot of these churches, man, we all know that these, some of these churches got some um, got some 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 bad heathens in it, you know, that's leading these individuals, man. So you got to be careful with that and just don't think that you rely everything on prayer and everything like that. You have to have some sort of outlet as well. Like I said, with me, it was professional, professional counsel with somebody else that was a licensed professional. But keep in mind, I didn't leave the faith aspect out of the um, out of the situation. But like I said, I just I just want to see more people to get out there and men and women to get out there and and get those inner demons taken care of because those things will sit there and haunt you for a long time if you leave those things untreated. Yes, sir, man. I truly want to thank you for this time. It's been an honor to sit here. And, and, and you had this conversation because you, you're a very intelligent brother. You've done a lot of great things. You've done a great foundation. And I'm just truly honored that you gave me this time to, that you gave me this time to get talk with you. So I truly appreciate it. 
man. I appreciate you having me, man. I, I appreciate what you're doing out there, man, bridging the gap and, you know, and bringing awareness to, to some other individuals that are doing great things out there, man. I, I, I pay attention to your podcast, man, and you, you're doing great things out there, man, and uh, keep on doing what you do. Hey, man, thank you. Before you before we go, you want to tell the people, um, like, how they can follow you, how they can donate if they want to? Absolutely, man. If you are... Uh, Check out our cause, man. We're part of the Action Jackson Foundation. The Action Jackson Foundation is a nonprofit organization, 501c3, registered through the IRS, through the state. Um, we are a uh, organization that take care of our veterans. We take care of our youth. So if you want to follow our journey, please go to www.thejf.org, or you can see it, find us on Facebook at the Action Jackson Foundation, man. Um, we love for individuals to come out. We, by all means, we have people coming all in to volunteer some of our events from, from the DMV, from New York, from uh, Miami, all over the place to come visit and um, come contribute to some of the things that we out there doing. So come on out, follow our journey. If you can't come out, by all means, we always accept donations, man. Donations, everything goes to our programs. No one at the Action Jackson Foundation takes, uh, we have a salary here. Um, every every dime that we have, we, it goes back to our, our actual program. So come on out, follow our journey, and help us change lives one day at a time. All right. Thanks. Um, thank you. Uh, if you want to follow me, my um, Instagram is Conversations with Lamp. My Facebook is also Conversations with Lamp. And also, Mr. Jackson, thank you for again, and I'll make sure to make another donation to your foundation. I love what you're doing. I love what you stand for. And we definitely have to continue to support each other, especially when they're doing great work that you're doing. Outstanding, my brother. I really do appreciate it. And I want to thank you all for listening to this interview. You all have a great day. All right now.